0: everyone, and welcome to Culture Dialogue. We are glad to see you here again. And today we have a wonderful guest from Transnistria. Her name is Sonia. Sonia, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Hey there,
1: my name is Sonia, and as you could hear, I'm from Transnistria. I'm 18 years old. I'm currently studying at High School of Economics. I'm getting my bachelor degree in the field of advertising and stuff. I've believed in Transnistria for approximately 17 years. So
0: yeah, I have a couple of stories to tell. Wow, that's great. So Transnistria has a pretty long and twisted and the history in a very political way. And I wanted to ask you about the culture in your country and what parts of the culture came from Moldova, what parts of the culture came from russia and anywhere else because it seems like a mix it is twisted
1: yeah it really is a little tiny melting pot not as in the usa or stuff but it is uh, so i guess the part of the culture which came from moldova is definitely cuisine because uh, we are more about Moldovan cuisine. So, what is Moldovan cuisine? It's mamaliga, uh, it's the corn porridge made of corn flour, uh, with different toppings on top. It's absolutely delicious. And uh, as toppings, we put fried chicken, and onions, and some cottage cheese, brinza, cream, and scrambled egg. And it's super super good. It's like our national Moldovan variant of pizza. It's very good. Uh, next, what is It's placinta. Placinta is our national traditional fried pie. It's flat, it has a special dough and we put different fillings in it. I think the most traditional one is also cottage cheese with dill and stuff and garlic. It is the best. And what is more important, we eat a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables because in Moldova it's also very very good because we have a lot of sun And the soil is very fruitful, so we can consume great vegetables and fruits in enormous quantities.
0: So, the food comes mostly from Moldova. And, what is there something from Russian culture that you have in your lives? I think
1: the oral tradition. I mean, Russian fairy tales, Russian cartoons, that what I consumed as a baby. Because I honestly don't know a lot of Moldovan favorite tales. I was raised speaking Russian, reading Russian books, and not Moldovans. I think uh, it's the thing with Transnistria. You grew up learning how to be Russian orally. (laughs) And what came from Ukraine. I think also cuisine, like Warsh and maybe some words in your vocabulary.
0: Because
1: I love mixing Russian and Ukrainian. I do not speak Ukrainian fluently, but I understand almost 100% of what they say. And I also love Ukrainian music, Ukrainian culture, but I think it's mostly
0: about your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And what language is most commonly used in Transnistria? definitely russian i think that is
1: the language that we use Uh, and uh, there are 20 schools or something in my city and i think 19 of them are russian schools and we have only one romanian school where they speak like moldovan romanian and uh, i know that we used to have one ukrainian lyceum but Most of all, we learn Russian, we speak Russian, we are Russian speakers. Mm -hmm. But I think in some past years, Moldovan is getting more and more popular because some people from the smaller villages who speak Romanian and Moldovan there are going to Tiraspol, to my city. So I'm able to hear Moldovan speech more often.
0: Yeah, and also I feel like there's a tendency in general right now in the world coming back to your roots and kind of speaking speaking all the languages. Do you study Moldovan in school as a second language or do you only study Russian?
1: Yes, we do study Moldovan or Ukrainian at school. Uh, It is like an option, so we can choose between Moldovan or Ukrainian. And I was studying Moldovan, but I can't speak Moldovan still because honestly I don't think that the system of uh, the language studies, the Moldovan language studies is important, is very good there because I know a bunch of words but I have no idea how to connect them in sentences And uh, I think that my vocabulary is still not very good, even though I know a bunch of words. I'm able to say some very simple things, but it's not about the profound knowledge of the language (laughs) at all. Uh With Ukrainian... Mm, I don't know, I think it depends mostly on the teacher, because uh, some people who study Ukrainian school are not able to speak it, some
0: are good, but that, that is how it is. Mm-hmm. So, you can say that, I guess, Russian culture had the biggest impact on you, personally, and growing up in your childhood, yeah? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And is that, uh, some, is that something that is happening in Transnistria mainly, or is it just your story? I think
1: so. It's our mutual story, Mm -hmm. especially in the city of Tiraspol, my city. Closer to Moldovan border, it seems differently, but I think that, well, we are mostly Russian speakers, and when you speak the particular language, you have to consume what... The culture of your language produces, and that's how you become more Russian and assimilate in Russian pop culture topics or something, or not pop culture, just cultural topics. I think it's, that is how it's happening more often. Of course, there are some Ukrainian-speaking families and Moldovan-speaking families, but I think the total no- number of Russian speakers prevails. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And uh, I was also curious about, well, because Transnistria has a quite unstable place in the world. And uh, there's so many videos on YouTube and interviews about having the topic like the country that doesn't exist. I was wondering. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I, I When I saw that, I, I was sure that you probably have like an emotional reaction to that. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite thing in the world. How does it feel? And what do you think about Transnistria yourself? Is it or like a whole country itself or is it a part of a different country and, and how does it feel?
1: I would say I'm not very brave in opening my like political views on the situation in Transnistria but it was just my everyday life that I live in the country which really officially does not exist. I'm sure it's a clickbait name of the video, it is, but still it's true. It's true, we're still not an official state, uh, even though we act like an official state because we have our own currency, our passports, our own president, man. But still, I honestly have no idea what is better for Transnistria or for. Transnistrians, how it is better to act in politics, should we join Moldova or something or not, because I was just living my life as a kid, and I was okay with that. Uh, It's absolutely a nice place to spend your childhood in, because, you know, it's it's quiet, it's small, nice people, good food, nice education, I would say. We have some good schools. It's nice to, to spend your early years in such a place but when you grow up you see the flaws you see that uh, for example i'm getting a bachelor degree in advertising and i have no idea where to work if staying in taraspo i have no idea and uh, that's the main thing we do not have enough jobs and enough job offers interesting job offers uh, for young specialists I'm honestly thinking that our economy is not doing very well.
0: Even not very well, it's like it's bad. Yeah, well, I'm not sure Russia can say anything better than that so.
1: <laughs> well, yes, and but we're living in this situation for years. Mm-hmm. For 30 years. And of course, when you're in a country which doesn't exist, it's just the outcome. It's the logical outcome because, well, a lot of ways to create something economically or to get some good, you know, bonds, economical bonds or political bonds are closed because we're not an official state and officially we're just part of Moldova. And, of course, uh, it's been hard on Moldova to have such a place uh, on its territory. And it's been hard for us because I know that I think the majority of... Our people do not want to reconnect with Moldova. We want our own state. We want our own country. We want to be uh, to be recognized. And Moldova does not want that. And we do not want this. And now it kind of beginning to explode. I think. Yeah, I have no idea what is better, but definitely what is better is. Uh, Saving peace.
0: Yes. That
1: is the best option, I think. Yeah. And I do not care absolutely what way brings peace. The main thing is peace. That is the right choice. I have no idea what option should the governments make to reach peace, but
0: definitely the one which will. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Okay, let's uh, move back from all the political questions that I have. (laughs) So, you've lived in Transnistria till 17. Yeah. And I was wondering, what does a normal day of like a 17 year old, of like an adolescent in Transnistria look like? How do you spend your free time? What do you do? Are they there, I don't know, clubs and bars and stuff? (laughs) Oh. Well, uh, I was not a party-maker
1: or party-goer or party-visitor or something. I was just a girl who studies, Mm -hmm. so probably I'm not the best person to ask the question. But normally you just go to school and then relax after school and study for your exams. It looks absolutely the same as the day of an average Russian school kid or graduate yeah we do have some clubs but i was not a club goer we have a city center where you can enjoy your stroll but my favorite place was the bank of the river because it's really nice it's situated in the forest it's such a quiet place it's it's nice to like reveal yourself with the forces of nature and stuff and just watch how the river flows and Listen to the winds and the air is so clean it was my kind of therapy i think that is the important thing grew up in transnistria when you're already like a young adult because you stay uh, connected with nature because uh, it's just here it's near us because i was living in the house and uh, the river was situated like in five minutes walking
0: well wow, it's it all sounds like a dream for people living in Moscow just having access to nature and having clean air and being able just to stop and just to be
1: yes that is that is about our mentality we were able to stop here like to go for a walk think about something really important and then refill yourself recharge your batteries
0: that that was nice so uh, in your mentality, it's more about kind of being with yourself, connected to your thoughts and your feelings and being slow paced and everything like that, yeah?
1: In my case, not
0: exactly because I get a little bit
1: tired of this. So now I'm trying to to be everywhere and doing everything because it's it's just what probably was not able to get in my school years so now i'm trying to to get it back because in Moldova honestly like with some academic stuff and some like extracurricular stuff yes you can do it but like for example here in moscow school kids practice music arts like sports and stuff they are traveling by metro and and here in Moldova you're like Okay, I have my five lesson school day and then I'm going to my music school and then I'm slowly walking to to my house and (laughs) sleeping and like eating. So it's nice, but I think now I want something different. Because probably I was something different from that. I felt comfortable, but I felt like something is taken from me. Maybe the opportunities. And now the opportunities are back and I'm doing
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moscow is very upbeat and fast. And there's so many things happening at the same time. Yes. Since you've moved to Moscow and to Russia, I was wondering, were there anything that you had to get used to was there something inconvenient for you maybe the way people behaved or anything else just were there any differences that you had to adapt to of course there were some
1: difficulties but i did not view them as difficulties because i was almost like so sick of our Uh, slow-paced mentality and uh, slow-paced like happenings, and I was counting days before going to Moscow and of course like before moving I traveled by Metro for three times in my life and when I could get from station to station correctly without like any flaws or any difficulties I felt as a superhero I'm like oh I'm so smart I'm able to do that (laughs) and uh, a lot of people try to frighten me by like oh you have to get up at 5am and uh, if you like have a class at 8 but this hour does not seem very painful on me I'm okay with going by metro for for like an hour it's absolutely okay and uh, probably because I was very positive about it at the beginning, so it just helped me, like, uh, the adrenaline. Uh, The adrenaline helped me um, cope with all the new things, which I never done before. All in all, Still, it's Russian language and it's Russian mentality with which I am absolutely familiar. Oh, the only thing, prices. That is important, prices. Because uh, in Transnistria, you can get some nice stuff for the price is not so high. And here, it's impossible. If you want to get something of um, high quality, you have to
0: pay. That, that hits hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. That hits differently. Yeah, well, but I feel like Students who lived their entire lives in Moscow, like me, for example, uh, we also feel it. We feel that if you want to eat in a nice place, you got to pay. Yeah, It's not
1: a very pleasant thing, but it's like the
0: only thing that makes me a little bit sad. (laughs) But then also there are so many nice places and... I feel like Moscow is filled with aesthetically amazing uh, places to ben- spend your time in.
1: Totally agree, cause it's it's so different and still. It's not like you know tastelessly different. So mm-hmm. the combination is really nice, and you can like visit twenty countries per day just by. Uh, Going from one restaurant to another and it's uh, and it's really cool It's really like authentic and yeah I'm in love Mm -hmm. with Moscow and it was my first time traveling to Moscow actually and I came and stayed here and I was a little bit Nervous about it because you know, I heard a lot about Moscow But I've never seen it with my own eyes the moment I seen it with my own eyes Yeah, I just said that we're probably going to make some stuff happening with with
0: Moscow. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, you're so sweet. (laughs) Because I'm in love with Moscow too and especially when everything that happened, happened. And everyone started questioning where to live and whether we should live in Russia in general. And I felt like I love Moscow so much and I see so much in this city and I feel like it's still, even though there's so many terrible things happening, I can still see opportunities and I can still see a light in the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Moscow has been very hospitable
1: to me, very nice to me and it's about ups and downs, but I think the ups still prevail and I think with Moscow it's the kind of the city when
0: you either fall in love or hate. And I fell in love. Okay, our final topic for today. I would like you to tell me and our listeners the top three stereotypes that uh, you have ever heard about Transnistria, and whether you agree with them or not and just how, what do you think about them? How do you feel about them?
1: Okay, so the first one is that we're separatists. Well, (laughs) in the past 30 years Transnistria has been really quiet and uh, I had a peaceful childhood. Nothing like that had happened. It's been okay, it's been comfortable. Uh, Then, like, Transnistria is uh, extra-Soviet heritage. Like What I mean by that is that, uh, so a lot of travelers visit Transnistria just because it recreates the Soviet picture. Partly yes, partly no, uh, because we still have the monuments to Lenin and stuff. But uh, I think, like, the city center changed a lot. And uh, Transnistria is just trying to be modern, so partly yes, partly no. And the third stereotype, maybe, is that we're wine drinkers. Well, in Moldova, uh, the wine culture is uh, very widespread, and this is, I think, true. <laughs> I think this one is true.
0: Oh, wow! I never heard that actually. Cool, and uh, well, I already said that that was. The last thing we're gonna do but while you were talking i got one more thing i wanted to ask okay <laughs> could you tell me are there like places that you should 100 percent visit when you come to transnistria are there like places that you as a person who lived there would 100 percent recommend okay uh benzeri
1: fortress because it's the medieval fortress built in like 1530 1530- Eight. It's ancient. Mm-hmm. It's very cool for a foreigner to visit with his, or her, own eyes, because that's where the history stopped or something. But it's absolutely comfortable for visitors because it's now like a museum complex, I, I think this one, then you should you should just have a little stroll by the riverbank. It's the best thing on earth. You should give Moldovan cuisine a shot. You should go and eat because I think Transnistria and in Moldova uh, the thing with traveling is that you should have like a gastronomical tour. Ah. That is the best traveling idea when visiting Transnistria.
0: Wow, that's great. I got very curious about uh, Transnistria after talking to you and I feel like I would really love to come there someday and I feel like it's very interesting, especially with the history and all the mixed culture and everything and just to experience that, such a place, I feel like it would be wonderful. So thank you so much for telling so much about your place. Uh, Thank you for
1: inviting me. And yeah, you're invited as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll use the invitation.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I do remember that. I have good memory. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for being with us today. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And we hope that you're in love with Transnistria as much as I am right now. (laughs) So we hope we'll see you soon next time. This was our culture dialogue. Thank you and goodbye.